0: Good morning! Again, today is the day. Today is the day the Lord has made. We are rejoicing. We are glad in it. It is the second hour of Mornings with Carmen on this second day of Advent, December the 2nd, 2019. So because it is the second of December and the second day of Advent, we are in Luke chapter 2. Join us uh, this season of Advent here at Faith Radio in reading a chapter of the Gospel of Luke each day. So we started yesterday, December the 1st. We read Luke chapter 1, Today, we read Luke chapter 2, uh, invite you to join us in, uh, in unwrapping the Word of God this Advent that we might better understand who Jesus is by spending time in the Gospel of Luke. So how are you unwrapping Advent? Unwrapping the story of John the Baptist is what happens essentially in the first chapter, uh, as well as the uh, the proclamation of how exactly Jesus is going to come into the world. Uh, and then in chapter 2 we unwrap the story of Jesus's birth what makes him ultimately unique as fully god and fully man um who he is uh who people around surrounding this event um declared him to be the story of Simeon the story of Anna are both included in chapter 2 um in and so i just simply to encourage you to you know unwrap Jesus this advent uh, he is the ultimate gift that comes at Christmas. Uh, The presence of God is the ultimate present that we receive at Christmas. And so let's spend some time unwrapping him and unwrapping uh, his character and what he has done on our behalf. So as a part of that conversation, we are going to be talking with Asherita Chuchu, the author of Unwrapping the Names of Jesus. It's an Advent devotional um, and you can uh you can actually find out she's got really cool stuff posted at her website as well, so I'm gonna be talking about that as well. One dot But up next here on Mornings with Carmen, a conversation with Asherita Chuchu about the book Unwrapping the Names of Jesus. Me now, Asherita Choo Choo. She is the author of Unwrapping the Names of Jesus. She's also the host of One Thing Alone. Uh, that is a website uh, in which you can find daily devotionals and lots of encouragement. OneThingAlone.com. Asherita, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning, Carmen. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's a delight to have you here today. Um, one of the things that I really appreciate about your website, onethingalone.com, is that you do offer this invitation uh, for people to enter into a quiet time with Jesus every day. So I really want to start off with that. What What mm-hmm. is the importance or relevance of spending time with Jesus every day in some quiet time? Yeah, for those who
1: are believers, um, Jesus is He's the reason that we exist. He's the one who's redeemed us and saved us, and he's the one that we look forward to seeing one day soon um and so it makes all the sense in the world that we would want to get to know Jesus more that in his presence is where there's fullness of joy is what the psalmist says. So I typically write to busy women uh but truly all people of all ages can use this advice that. It's not about the perfect quiet time formula. It's not about fitting in an hour each day. It's about being intentional and seeking Him first. Making time with Jesus are one thing alone.
0: So I love that, and I wanted to start with that um, before we get into specifically uh, the book, Unwrapping the Names of Jesus. It's a delightful Advent devotional, and one of the uh, one of the things people might be thinking to themselves right now: Well, Advent already started. It started yesterday. It's too late for me to jump in. That's not true. You can jump in. It's available as an ebook, which means you can have it immediately. Um, you can also, um, if you order, well, actually, you can download. If you click on the the preview, you can download the first week or the first couple of days anyway. Um, and so if you have to wait for the physical book to get to your house, um, th- the first couple of days are already available. And so let me just encourage you, don't hesitate. If you don't yet have an Advent devotional, this one is lovely. Um, and so for the next few weeks, Asherita, a lot of people are going to be unwrapping a lot of stuff. They're going to be unwrapping gifts. Yeah. They're going to be unwrapping decorations. um relationships are going to be unraveling. Uh, But you are inviting us to intentionally unwrap the names of Jesus. So let's just talk about how using an Advent devotional helps get us focused in on what really matters in the midst of everything else during the holidays.
1: Yeah, so the term Advent Actually, it just means coming. So the season of the four weeks leading up to Christmas is a time for us to prepare our hearts to celebrate. And and I love this. Historically, the church has celebrated not just the first coming of Jesus, but used this time of Advent to prepare our hearts to celebrate his second coming. And so we're in this in-between. It's here, but not yet. So using an Advent devotional, whatever type of devotional you choose— helps you to slow down in the midst of all that holiday hubbub, all the busyness, everything that we have on our to-do list and our calendars are just bursting at the seams with things to do. I, I encourage listeners to take time, even if it's just five minutes every day, and to quiet their hearts and to come into the presence of Jesus and get to know Him more. So my heart with Unwrapping the Names of Jesus, this devotional itself, isn't so much about Advent or Christmas or the season as much as it is focusing our hearts on who Jesus is by unwrapping one name each day
0: and I appreciate the way that you formatted it um, it is it is formatted around the four weeks and the four words that you use are hope, preparation, joy, and love and then in each one of those weeks we unwrap five names of Jesus and then you offer us activities to put the week's emphasis into action. Just talk with us a little bit about the format, and then maybe let's talk about the first week, which is hope.
1: Yeah. So the format really is born out of my own need for a devotional that fits in my busy life because I have three children, six years old and under, um, and. Work and family, home, and relationships. And so I need something that um, I can use without feeling guilty if I've missed any days. So each day functions as a devotional in and of itself, kind of like imagine a gift that you get to unwrap and discover who Jesus is that day. And then I help readers apply that truth to their lives. And we'll talk about some of these names of Jesus and how that works. But The structure of it is to start with this hope that we look forward to, uh, just as the ancient Israelites look forward to the coming of the Messiah. We start out Advent looking forward to December 25th, the day that we celebrate Jesus' birth, and also looking forward to his return. And then week two, we prepare our hearts, and I offer some suggestions and some names of Jesus that call us to repentance, that call us to preparation. Week three is joy. And we um, just dwell on the fact that this is good news, great joy for all people. And how does that impact our lives today? Who Jesus is and what he means to us and how that brings us joy, as we talked about at the beginning. Then week four is love, because this is how we know God loves us, is that God himself took on flesh, Emmanuel, God with us.
0: Okay, I'm so glad you chose that one, because that was actually the one that I put a little star next to. (laughs) Um, So if you will, take us to page 93, talk with us about Emmanuel, God with us. Um, I know that it is a name, it is a song we sing, but it is this reality that um, somehow once we get this, we get Jesus. Like we get who he is Mm -hmm. once we get the reality that he is God with us.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, throughout the whole Old Testament, we see that God longs to dwell with his people from the Garden of Eden, where he's with Adam and Eve walking with them in the the cool of the day, to uh, leading the Israelites in a pillar of fire and a cloud to the tabernacle and the temple where his Shekinah glory came to dwell among his people, God again and again expresses his desire to dwell among his people. But it wasn't until Jesus Christ came, Emmanuel, God himself taking on human flesh uh, to dwell among his people, to demonstrate the, the fullness of his desire that he would be with us and that we would be with him. I and mean, God himself set aside his brilliance. He took on human form. He became one of us. He walked among us. He ate and laughed and cried and slept. And he felt tired and angry and happy. He, the, the creator of the world, became as one of the created because he longs to be with us. All the way to the cross, he humbled himself to death so that he could be with us forever and that we could be with him forever. And the great book of Revelation ends with God himself saying, look, now the dwelling of God is among men. And that is the fulfillment of what we look forward to. So this name, Emmanuel, God with us brings us comfort because there's nothing that we experience that God himself doesn't understand. And there's nothing that we go through that we walk through alone alone.
0: Because Emmanuel means God is with us. It's just um, the the most stunning reality of this season. Uh, Asherita and I are going to continue our conversation in just a moment. Asherita Choo Choo is with me. Unwrapping the Names of Jesus is the book. OneThingAlone.com is the website. We'll be right back. It came upon the midnight clear, that glorious song. Bending near the earth To touch their hearts of gold Continuing my conversation with Asherita Choo You can find her at onethingalone.com We're talking about um, her Advent devotional Which is called Unwrapping the Names of Jesus So Asherita, this week is hope And today's name is Jesus Um, Talk about hope and then talk about this name that we're unwrapping today.
1: Yeah. So yesterday I was sitting around the breakfast table with my children reading through the family celebration of hope that starts off each week of this devotional. And we were reading through Isaiah 9, which is um, just setting the scene of the darkness and the people walked in the darkness and there's bloodshed and there's chaos. And I'm reading these verses out loud and I'm like, why in the world am I telling my kids? About like just this dark picture, and then finally isaiah nine six um, nine two says the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned, and it reveals that that light is going to be uh called wonderful counselor, prince of peace, that he will dwell with his people, and his kingdom will have no end and I realized as I was reading those verses out loud to my kids. You can't truly talk about hope unless you understand the depth of despair that is the valley of death and suffering that so many of us go through. Now, obviously, we need to talk about that in age-appropriate ways with our kids. Um, I might have read that passage by myself beforehand to kind of prepare myself before reading it out loud to them. But there's just this beautiful cadence of Scripture. And as we come to grips with our reality— Then we can be honest about the suffering that we have in our own lives, the pain in our own lives. And then we can turn to Jesus and find hope in him, not hope in our circumstances changing or hope in things getting better or meeting the right person, but hope in Jesus. And that name Jesus is um, a transliteration of the Hebrew name Joshua. Uh, It's another way of saying the Lord is salvation. And I, I love starting out with this name. Because it reveals so much about the Hebrew people, and it also reveals something about us because it, the hebrews were the Israelites were waiting for another Joshua to come save them. They had just gone through this dark period in their history with the Maccabees and their temple had been desecrated, and the Romans were oppressing them, and they were wanting someone like Joshua to lead them into bloody battles that will gain victory over their oppressors. And so they were looking for this militant, macho type man to come and save his people. But Jesus, the Lord is salvation. He didn't appear out of ordinary to the people around him. They didn't really expect him to be the one who would save his people because they were looking for the wrong thing. And yet, even though Joshua saved his people through courageous leadership, um, Jesus, the second Joshua, the fulfillment of that prophecy, saved his people through an epic battle that he fought entirely alone, quietly making the way for his people to enter the promised land of God's presence through his death on the cross. I think this is so poignant for us today because Jesus' perspective is always bigger than ours, right? We think we know what we need or what will get us out of the trouble that we're in. And we think we could give God a wish list and say, God, if you would just give me X, Y, and Z, my life would be so much better. And yet God longs to offer us salvation and hope, not in our circumstances being perfect or not necessarily the way we imagine them to be but in Jesus Christ himself, because our salvation is in Jesus.
0: All right. I just love that. And um, Asherita, I I like the spirit in which you approach all of this, which is very invitational. Um, And so we want to invite our listeners into the season of Advent. We want to invite you into um, this unwrapping, not only the names of Jesus, but actually, I mean, Asherita and I really want you to unwrap Jesus this Advent. Mm -hmm. We want you to unwrap Christ who came um, the first time around uh, to to take on human flesh and dwell among us and do for us what we could not do for ourselves on the cross, uh, God reconciling humanity to himself through Christ. But we also want you to wake up and look up in great anticipation of the second advent. Jesus is <laughs> coming again. He is coming again. Um, and so when we talk about advent, we're talking about the first advent and we're talking about the second advent um, and Asherita, I I really appreciate that you balance those two conversations throughout the book, um, uh, unwrapping the names of Jesus. Talk about uh, what you're offering uh, because you have these special ideas for Christmas Day, and I think people <laughs> are always looking for special ideas for Christmas Day. So share a couple of those with us as well.
1: Yeah, sure. So just like um, every week leading up to Christmas has a family devotional. Um, that kind of leads you through these questions and answers and leads you through uh, the Christmas story. So there's a celebration for Christmas Day. And just walking readers through this, it's simply opening in prayer, lighting. If you use an Advent wreath, my kids love it. Um, so we light all five candles on the Advent wreath to symbolize that Jesus has come. The fulfillment is here. Uh, we read a verse about light and darkness um, for Christmas Day at 2 Corinthians 4, 6, for God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. And then as we go through, one of the children asks, who, like why do we light the fifth candle? And someone responds that the fifth candle shows us the waiting is over. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is born. When we read John 1.14, the word became flesh And made his dwelling among us. And the reading for the day is Luke 2, which is today's reading, as we unwrap the book of Luke. And then there are a few discussion questions that prompt us to ponder the gift of Jesus and to respond to his great gift, and to end with a carol that we can all sing together. And this is just a suggested outline for a short time in family devotions, Um, just a way to center our hearts, because I think a lot of times parents want to give children. Um, an an invitation to come into God's presence and to respond to the gift of Jesus, but they're not quite sure how to do it. So every week culminating in Christmas Day gives this um, short outline of a family devotional, a way of training our children to come to Jesus and to respond to him.
0: I totally 100% love it. We have our small group at church um, that includes families who have very young children, and I've ordered a copy to share with each of them this coming Wednesday night when our, when our whole mm. group is getting together. So I realize they'll be a couple of days behind, but I really do want to encourage people um, who are still looking for an Advent devotional. This one is just excellent. And it's really good for those of us who have kids at home. We're looking for a resource. We're looking for something that somebody has already taken the diligent time to put together in a way. Um, that's just really accessible and useful. Um, so again, the book is Unwrapping the Names of Jesus. The author is Asherita Chuchu. The website, com. Asherita, thank you so very much for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen.
1: Carmen, thank you so much for having me. It's been my joy. Oh, likewise. We'll be right back.
0: So you may uh, have, like me, missed some of the international news over the weekend, actually over the last few days. And so um, joining me next is going to be Dr. David Aikman. He and I are going to talk a little bit about the terror attack in London over the weekend. We're also going to get an update on what is happening in Hong Kong. You may have you may have heard um, that communist China is basically uh, preventing now the United States' From uh, making military visits. Uh, they have now prohibited military uh, U.S. military ships and aircraft from visiting Hong Kong in response to legislation that was passed by U.S. lawmakers last week in support of the protesters um, in Hong Kong. And so we're going to get an update on that as well as some hot spots in the Middle East. So that's all next here on Mornings with Carmen.
2: You're free to go. What? they took the nazarene instead of you it happened so fast one minute barabbas was in a cell on death row playing tic-tac-toe on the dirt walls the next squinting his eyes at the bright sun this is max locato in many ways barabbas stands for us a prisoner freed because someone he'd never seen took his place someone tossed him a life preserver and he grabbed it no questions asked I can't imagine him pulling some of our stunts. We take our free gift of God's grace and try to earn it or pay for it ourselves, instead of simply saying thank you and accepting it. Barabbas may not have understood mercy, and he surely didn't deserve it, but he wasn't about to refuse it. We too are prisoners with no chance for appeal, why some prefer to stay in prison while the cell door has been unlocked. (laughs) That's a mystery worth pondering. This is Max Locato.
3: My name is Bond, James Bond.
0: Dr. David Aikman is back with us. It is uh, it is Monday, and so he is here. David, welcome back.
3: Thank you, Carmen. Very nice to be back again.
0: Um, let's begin on, uh, on the London Bridge. Let's talk about the terror attack in London over the weekend. Um, I think that for those of us in the United States of America, when we hear about, uh, you know, an individual attacking others, we're we're a little surprised it's with a knife. We're a little surprised that um, nobody has guns until the police show up. So remind us, um, first of all, just remind us what happened. Uh, And then and then let's talk about just how different things are in a culture where guns are not as readily available as they are here in the United States.
3: Well, this fellow was um, a recently released convicted terrorist. He'd been involved in a plot to blow up London Stock Exchange, and he was let out on condition. He had a tag on his leg, an electric tag, but he had to get permission to travel from Stoke, the town outside London he was living in, to this event in London, which was involving uh, rehabilitating uh, prisoners in, in, in jail and so on. And the tragedy of this thing is, in spite of the fact that this guy has a track record as long as your arm as a jihadi, somebody who believes that if you kill and get killed Uh, in pursuing uh, the Sharia or Muslim supremacy, then you go automatically to heaven. In spite of that fact, he was allowed to go to this event without anybody monitoring him. There was no metal detector at the door. So he went into a people event armed with two huge carving knives, which he then used um, in his Free of fighting to kill two beautiful people, um, a young uh, graduate student at Cambridge and a young recently graduated woman student at Cambridge, both of whom were involved in trying to make conditions better for rehabilitating prisoners. and it's absolutely criminal that they allow this fellow to walk freely around, and not to have any supervision when he was uh, attending this event.
0: And two uh, two people who were present. One grabbed a fire extinguisher. The other one grabbed a uh, the tusk of a norwall, which was um, affixed to the uh, the entrance. Apparently, at this uh, fishmonger's um, space where this event was taking place. Um, right. And- It's just a. It's very. You know. I think that the American media uh, has been fascinated with. You know. The fact that people are using a fire extinguisher and a tusk, but the reality is, people are using what's available to them, um, in in an in an environment where. You know, if a person is committed to doing harm to others, they will find a weapon to use.
3: That's right. Yes, absolutely. I mean, great kudos for the people who bravely use whatever was at hand to try and stop this guy, but also real questions needed on why was a convinced jihadi allowed to want freely um, after he'd been uh, jailed for eight years on a terrorist event, uh, a terrorist uh, conviction. It's just uh, bewildering.
0: I think that it will raise lots of questions. Um for lots of people in terms of, you know, what do we do? Um, at what point do we do we say that a person, because of their system of belief, cannot go free? Um, what do we do when our criminal justice system is designed, you know, it's designed after yours, which is based on a system of ideology and thought um, that is not shared by those who believe in Sharia law? Like, there's a real conflict of worldviews in view here
3: well absolutely common and the other problem is unlike the united states where you can actually say is like terrorism and mean it and people understand what you're saying you're not even allowed to say that either in the uk or ireland it's uh, it's poly- considered politically incorrect and islamophobic to mention the fact that this guy has been convicted of a terrorist offense which involves killing people with the belief that if you if you succeed, you will go to paradise immediately in an Islamic paradise. It, it's just—you can't even mention that on uh, on the radio or television here.
0: Hmm. Well, we're, we're talking with uh, David Aikman. He is the editor of Godspeed Magazine we're talking about events around the world and right now we're talking about uh this terrorist attack that took place in London over the weekend certainly our our thoughts and prayers go out to to all of those who you know London is a wonderful place to be in the season of of Christmas um and lots of tourists will go there and London bridge is certainly iconic and a place they will want to they will want to visit and so we don't want to participate in the spreading of terror Um, and give any victory to those who would seek to make us afraid. But we're also, you know, we also recognize that the world is a dangerous place.
3: It is. Um, But you are not even allowed to say, um, you know, use the words like Islam or Muslim, referring to the perpetrator's actual religious ideology, because that's considered uh, completely unacceptable. It's very, very difficult to talk openly and honestly about the situation
0: here. Yeah, that's a problem. All right, David, you and I are going to take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about what's going on in Hong Kong. Let's talk about the very aggressive uh, countermeasures put in place by communist China and what it means not only for the United States, but for every other free nation as well. Talking with uh, Dr. David Aikman, editor of Godspeed Magazine. We'll be right back. Continuing my conversation with David Aikman, editor of Godspeed magazine, about what is happening around the world. We are uh, going to look now again at Hong Kong, specifically the actions of communist China. China's uh, foreign ministry said uh, that it has suspended the review of requests by U.S. military ships and aircraft to visit Hong Kong in response to Legislation passed by u s lawmakers in support of what I will describe as pro democracy protesters um, in Hong Kong, uh, and we would view that as you know <clears throat> sort of China making good on its commitment to quote firm countermeasures uh, in what they view as u s interference in in Hong Kong so David, assume that uh, there are lots of us here in the United States who were paying attention to Thanksgiving and were not paying attention to Hong Kong. Uh, for the last several days, and give us an update on what is happening and why you view it as uh, just uh, particularly challenging right now in terms of Communist China's warning uh, to, to every free nation, not just the United States.
3: Well, you have to remember, Carmen, that the um, Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act, which was passed by the House and the Senate and then signed by President Trump, and which annoyed the Chinese so much, was the expression of people, or was responding to the expression of people in Hong Kong in their election for local legislative seats um, on uh, November 27, in which the pro-government, the pro-Beijing candidates were absolutely soundly defeated by all the Democratic candidates. And this was an extraordinary demonstration of fact that the people of Hong Kong just hate communism. They just don't like any part of it. And if the Beijing government says, well, we're all part of the same country, one country in two systems, etc.", but they're not respecting the rule of law in Hong Kong, then the citizens of Hong Kong really demonstrate in one way that they can peacefully, namely through the ballot box, what their opinion is of the way Beijing is running this show. And basically, I think it's a warning to the rest of the world that when Beijing says it wants to run things its own way, you better watch out unless you're prepared to stand up and resist it in some way or other or make your own point much firmer than you, you previously had.
0: And I think we, uh, we, we are waiting to see. Uh, the, the communist Chinese government has issued sanctions against U.S.-based NGOs, non-government organizations. Um, that will include many, many ministries with which we are affiliated and about whom we are concerned. And so we will let you know, uh, we'll let our listeners know, what we learn as we learn it in terms of the outcomes um, of that announcement. Let's, uh, let's, let's move um, just, I guess it's just west to North Korea. I'm so bad at geography. I have to just like, think of the globe when I'm thinking. So I think we're moving just west in our conversation uh, here to, to North Korea. Maybe we're moving north. I don't know. Whatever direction yeah. we're moving, let's talk about North Korea. What, um, what do I need oh. to know today about North Korea?
3: Well, North Korea had uh, a demonstration um, on Thanksgiving Day of its uh, recently speeded-up rocket launch preparations. I mean, it's what they what they were demonstrating was that they had increased the speed of the mobilization launch and reload of um, of an intercontinental rocket. They didn't actually. I mean, they did launch rockets into the East China Sea, um, or at least uh, east of the North Korean Peninsula. Uh, they didn't quite break the agreement that was basically understood after the last meeting between Kim Jong Un and, and President Trump, that they would restrain their rocket testing. But they came pretty close to it, and. It's a very disturbing indication that the North Korean regime seems as intent on preserving its nuclear capability as ever. And we don't see any sign of a denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula.
0: Okay, and then let's take a pivot to uh, to the Middle East. In Iraq, we have the Prime Minister having announced his resignation after a call for uh, for that resignation from a top Shiite cleric. In Afghanistan, we have the president of the United States making a surprise visit and announcing the resumption of peace talks with the Taliban. And then in Iran, we have, um, uh, well, ongoing frustration. The Iranians have an ongoing frustration with the United States at many levels about many things. But this is this one is new and it has to do with CIA arrests. Which one of these uh, three? We've probably got time to talk about one of them. Which one do you want to
2: tackle?
3: Well, let's start with Iraq, because that's teetering on the brink of a real collapse. I mean, uh, the Iraqi government is basically a puppet government of Iraq, and the Shiites who dominate the population of Iraq uh, have the same Islamic faith as the people of Iran do. and the. Uh, The refusal of the Sunni Muslim Prime Minister to step down because there have been so many protests against the government um, has been uh, sharply criticized by uh, one of the senior clerics, Al Fustani, Ayatollah Fustani, who is a Shiite and loyal to Iran. And so I don't know whether Iraq is going to be able to come to some order, and there will be a new prime minister appointed, and perhaps new elections, so that we can see that country beginning to settle down somewhat.
0: But in Iran, we have um, kind of total chaos. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me.
3: Yes, it is. I mean, the Iranian people have had a running battle um, against the regime, since the last election, which you may, may remember uh, 10 years ago, uh, when you had these green protesters, um, the, the green opposition party probably was cheated out of victory in the Iranian elections. And then thugs of the regime were unleashed upon followers of the opposition. And many people were killed. Many others sent to prison and, and beaten up, and so forth. And so you've had a very restless situation, and the economic situation in Iraq, because of the reimposition of American sanctions, has made life even harder for all the people. And they are protesting violently against the regime
0: so we certainly want to um not just keep an eye on what's happening there but you and i both know that um <clears throat> rogue regimes like to have something that distracts their people from the real issues and so i it, it always heightens my concern in terms of how people might behave badly um to to distract their people and get them to focus on something other than what's happening in their in their home country, um, and so I just right. I, I just think that we just need to be kind of on a prayer alert in terms of uh, you know asking God to sovereignly protect people from frankly the uh, machinations of our enemies so David, thank you as always so much uh, for joining us today Dr. David Aikman, editor of Godspeed magazine, as always, very helpful in helping us to understand what is happening around the globe So we are in uh, the second day of Advent, and so we are reading together from the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to encourage you to invite you to join us. So day one of Advent was yesterday, December the 1st. We read Luke chapter 1 today. On December the 2nd, we're reading Luke chapter 2, which means, yes, tee it up for tomorrow. That'll be Luke chapter 3. So in terms of the things in Luke chapter 2 that really, uh, or 1 and 2 that really stand out to me, um, I'm, you know, these are familiar passages of Scripture, the, the proclamation of the birth of John the Baptist. I was really focused in yesterday on the faith of Zachariah and Elizabeth, their, their heritage of, of faith, their generational faithfulness, um, and obviously the way their families raised them. These were people of, of great stature uh, within the religious community of their day and they were you know they were viewed as blameless before the lord don't we want to be viewed as people who are righteous not not self righteous and not in any way holier than now but genuinely people that um, are respected even when the circumstances of life don't necessarily point to blessing which is what they were experiencing and so i uh, want to celebrate john the baptist want to celebrate what his life meant and why God sent him specifically on purpose and for a purpose, even as we pivot in Luke 2 to the coming of Jesus the Christ. You are listening to Mornings. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.